You are listening to the Catholic Recon Podcast, testimonies from Catholic reverts and converts. I'm your host, Eddie Trask. Don't forget to leave a review and enjoy this week's episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Catholic Recon Testimonies from Reverts and Converts. I'm your host, Eddie Trask. Don't forget to subscribe. And I never say this, but click that bell so that you're notified every time we have a video go live. This week's guest is Jesse Armstrong, who, Jesse, remind me, I believe we met through Exodus 90, briefly. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, Jesse is, you know, I've heard from friends of like mutual friends, different parts of Jesse's story. Um, but this is great. I just, I love the fact that we have the opportunity to chat and to have other people hear an entire story. I have not heard it from top to bottom. So, um, Jesse, thank you, first of all, for being on the show. And I know that the audience continually asks for um, or I shouldn't say asks for, they are impressed with people that are on fire as a result of converting. And I see that in you. Um, so why don't you take us back to where this all, where this all began? All right. Well, um, I'll start at, right at the day that I was born. <laughs> so my, I was born in Oregon city, Oregon. Um, and I grew up in a a family that wasn't really, I didn't have a family. So I was, a, I, I, my birth mother, uh, her name was Karen uh, Groshong. She suffered a lot from alcoholism. And upon giving birth to me, she was incapable because of her addiction to alcohol. Um, from a very young age, I was abandoned um, uh, throughout my young first through four years. Um, my mother would go off into bars and drink. And then one day um, I was at home in our little trailer and I knew that I had a mom and I woke up and I just was like, I ran outside and I was looking for her. I was like, mom, mom, where you at? And then I just saw her walking down the road and, you know, pulling, you know, drinking on a bottle that was square with some amber liquid in it. And she just walked off and abandoned me. And then I waited there and Basically, the police came several hours later. They picked me up. They put me into a foster care system. And uh, there I remained for about two years. And, and I lived in a foster care home in, uh, right outside the skirts of uh, Portland. Then I was adopted when I was six years old by my parents that I have. Um, now, even though she was my birth mother, I didn't grow up with a father figure at all in my life. Um, I consider my adoptive parents my real parents. They, you know, they raised me. They gave me the life that I have. They've given me so much and and more. And so I consider them my real parents. Anyway, so I was adopted when I was six years old. My parents, my family life growing up was not any way, shape, or form Christ-centered. It was... Um, I didn't know about God. No one ever told me about God. My parents didn't. Uh, from what I what I heard when we'd go off like on Easter or Christmas, um, my dad's mom was she was Presbyterian, and during Easter services we would go to uh, her Presbyterian service on State Street. There's a Presbyterian church 
and we would go there and I would never really experience anything. I just was just like, I, I didn't understand what was going on. Why were we here at this church? I understand there was like something going on like God, but I didn't, no one ever explained anything to me. So, um, yeah, so then my parents, as they raised me, I would hear them talk kind of like belittle and uh, make fun of Christianity. My my Aunt Darlene, who was a very on-fire, fundamentalist, uh, Bible-believing Christian, she would constantly try to give my parents, like, books and stuff for, like, during Christmas about God and Jesus and stuff like that. And my parents would just kind of, like, you know, get rid of them and be like, eh, they're not really interested. And so I just kind of had this, like, you know, watching my parents, how they perceive Christianity, I it didn't really... It didn't really put a bad taste in my mouth about Christianity, but I didn't understand why. Um, so then I fast forward. Um, I've lived a life of um, growing up. I was very, from a really early age, I was, I want to get into the details of like, that I'm, I'm as human as everyone else, you know, like we all go through all different experiences in life. And from a young age, I was exposed to like, maybe like at 14 or 15, I was exposed to like pornography. And so I didn't understand what this was. And so like, I kind of went into that and um, I just lived a life like that. And I thought it was normal, it was okay, acceptable because no one ever told me wrong or right, you know? And I basically fell into that. And then fast forward a little bit more, I, was probably about 16 or 17 and I was riding my bike home one day and I was riding my bike at it was like probably like 10 o'clock at night my feet were on the pedals and my foot slipped off the pedal and all of a sudden the pedal swung back around and smacked me in the shin and it wasn't those plastic little pegs or pedals that you know you experience it was more of the metal ones that have the teeth. And when it hit my shin, I just drove the, the bike into the grass and I fell into the wet lawn and it was a starless, starless night. And at this time I was kind of searching for God. I was looking and I was like, I just want to know who God is. I, was, I had this like longing in my heart to know who God was. I didn't know, no one ever told me anything or hand me a Bible and never sat me down and talked about God. So I was, but I was, I was looking for God. I was searching for God. And so when I hit my, that pedal hit my, my shin and I was like, you know, like Peter Griffin, like, you know, family guy, like, ah, yep. ah you know, like for two minutes, scale one to 10, I'm a, I'm a, yeah, I'm a, I'm a 10. I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a lot of pain right at that moment. So I roll the bike into the grass and I look up at the heavens and I say, God, if you're real, take this pain away from me right now. And I, and I, and I kid you not. I went from a 10 to a zero in a second. Like, I was just like, what, who is, okay, now, now, I, like, my, my, my eyes were open. Like, I had to figure out who God was. And so, as I, as I, as I grew up and I met this girl, her name was Samantha Josephine Monroe. She was my very first girlfriend. Um, turns out she was Catholic. And what age were you? <clears throat> I was 18. Okay. 
And I basically met her. Um, she didn't convince me at that moment. She, she never shared her faith with me. I knew that she was Catholic. And when I was dating her, she would go off to church on Sundays and stuff like that. During this time, also, I'm starting to go through college. Um, so this is, um, so 9-11 happened in 2001. And then um, I remember I was a sophomore. And then I was, this was like my senior year in high school. And so um, basically, I met these, I was going to college. I went to college for about two years. My dad was a, a music professor at TBCC, Treasure Valley Community College in Ontario. And so he, because he was a college professor, I got free tuition. And so I was going to college and I was using, uh, you know, college credits to try to figure out where I wanted to go in life. Sure. And <clears throat> I met these on the college campus at TBCC. I met these kids who were non-denominational fundamentalist Christians. And they, we got, you know, because I'm at this moment in time, I'm searching for God. So I'm asking them questions. I'm not asking my girlfriend per se about her faith, but because the, the, the non-denominational Christians are more forthcoming about their faith, I'm actually having more dialogue with them. And so they, they had this thing called um, Christian Community Fellowship. And they invited me one time to come to the, the choir director's house, who was a big Christian. And they were going to have like this kumbaya, guitar playing, praying, reading Bible. And I come and, you know, while I'm there, I'm just like, I'm not really feeling anything. I'm just like, this is cool. It's nice. It's nice to be around people my age, kind of. And they basically told me, they said, all you have to do is say this little sinner's prayer. And you're, 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 in, the, you're, in, you're in heaven. You're good. Your name's written in the book of life. And I was like, is it really that easy? I don't know. I don't know. It can't be that you say something and you're just like, you're just good. So as I'm, and then I had that experience with these, these non-denominational Christians. And then I met my girlfriend, I told her about it and she got mad at me. She's like, she literally got mad at me. She's like, either you choose me and my faith or you just, you walk away. And I was like, well, I, I loved her at, you know, puppy love first, first love of your life. I basically was like, okay, well, I'm not going to go do with, hang out with them anymore because and then she's like I want you to come with me to mass and I was like okay and so I remember I was in Ontario Oregon at St. Mary's Catholic Church right by the um the hospital that brick have you ever been there in Ontario I haven't okay so that's my my home parish church where I was where I became Catholic so we're gonna get to that and I basically she invited me to mass and I sat at the very back pew right next to the, the door that get out of the church, like very back pew, like, and she was sitting to my right and I walked into this church and I sat down and the service started and I just started crying like a child. <laughs> and she just like, she's like, looked at me. She's like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, I don't know. I feel like God's looking at me right now. And she, and I and I literally felt like God, his eyes were on me, and he said, and he said to my soul, he said, "You don't know who I am, but I'm going to change that." Wow. And I had, I had a, I remember back to those Presbyterian services with my grandma's church and everything, and I just remember I was like, why didn't I experience anything at the Presbyterian church? 
why am I experiencing something so profound that I feel like a child who just did something wrong? You know, like that sobbing feeling where you're like, you know, like it it didn't make any sense to me. And I was like, what is going on? Why am I experiencing this in this, this Catholic church? And so because I had that experience, I didn't know at the time it was Christ in the the Eucharist in the tabernacle that was present. And I was feeling the presence of God and he was, he was looking at me. And so then I basically decided to join RCIA and I came in late in the season and I basically went through RCIA twice because I truly wanted to understand that what I was going into was 100% true. Because, you know, if you, if you look back, I look back and I was like, well, the Presbyterian, I didn't experience anything. So it's like, well, obviously like there's nothing there. So I was like, I'm not saying that you can't find faith in those, 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 you know, Protestant services and stuff like that. I mean, many, many people do. And I, and my hat's off to them for doing that. And some of these people are on fire and I, and I, and I noticed that. But I wanted to make sure that what I was doing was 100% true. And when I went through RCIA twice, I, it just, everything resounded true. And I literally was baptized April 16th, 2006, the day before I went off to Marine Corps boot camp. Wow. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. So, so 20, then, or, so you were then 20 or how old were you at that? No, you would have been 19, 19. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, it was, it was a cultural shock for me because I, I didn't, I was so, in, I was an infant in my faith. You know, I had what little I had about RCIA and the truth was so profound with me that I was like, I'm never leaving this. And so when I went off to Marine Corps boot camp, I'm, the next day I'm like, you know, like, you know, like baptizing me, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then all of a sudden, next day, ah, ah, just people just yelling at me. And I'm just like a deer in the headlights, like, what? And like, and I, and I want to, I'm, I'm not saying that the military is a bad thing, but the military is not a faith based institution. It is not. It is. It is debauchery. It is, is drunkenness. It is fighting. It is anger. It is, is 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 lust. It is, you know, promiscuity. It is partying. It is, it's. I'm not saying that it like all aspects of it, but it's it's sure. immersed in that, especially the Marine Corps. And so during my time in Marine Corps boot camp, I remember I was on the crucible, and during the crucible, you. It's a three-day um, experience. You basically are um, being the first time away from home. I literally had no other place to turn because my drone instructors and all my fellow recruits during the time they don't care about me. They're trying to get through it exactly like I am. You know, like I mean, the drone instructors they care about me, but they're like, you know, they have a job to do. They're to make me a marine. Um, their job isn't to faith form me. So basically, like I be. I really dive, I, I internally had more of a dialogue with Christ to help me get through all the things. And it was during the crucible that I remember I had 90 pounds on my back and I was just going up a hill like this. 
And I had drone searchers yelling at me, get up the hill, get up the hill, hurry up. I don't care. Quit your, you know, like, and I said to God, I said, Lord, what I'm experiencing right now is nothing compared to what you experienced when you went up to Mount Calvary with that cross on your back. And I shouldn't, I shouldn't complain whatsoever about what I'm experiencing because what you experienced was so much more profound and more pain than I could ever experience. And I said, please, Lord, help me get through this. You know, like I, 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 and he, he helped me give me that strength to get me up that hill, you know, and, um, keep pushing. Um, so yeah, then during the time in the Marine Corps, this is the sad part about my faith. I look back at it, hindsight is 2020. The Marine Corps can suck you in and literally it'll test who you are as if you are faith-based, it will basically say, you're gonna stick with your faith or you're gonna fall away, you know? And when you get into the lifestyle, you know, your faith gets swept underneath the rug or put on the shelf, you know, for the time being. And I fell into partying. I fell into drunkenness. I, I, dr I drink like a fish. I didn't drink till I was 19. I never touched a drop of alcohol until I was 19. And that was when I was in Marine Corps. And I just drank like a fish. I did drugs. I had sex. I, did, I was all over the place completely. I bet God was just like, oh. Just waiting. Now he, he was all he was with me the whole way, but you know, like I turned my back on God during those those four years in the Marine Corps, and then after the Marine Corps, you know, when I'll, well, I'll, I'll stick with the Marine Corps a little bit more. Also, I did two tours in Iraq um, during those times because my MOS, I was in the infantry, basic riflemen, locate, destroy the enemy by fire maneuver in close combat. That was my job, kicking doors, be a bullet sponge, you know, like my job, my, my mentality was to prepare myself for death. Like what I was MOS. I didn't hear what you said. What's MOS? Uh, my MOS was 0311 basic rifleman. Basic, oh, got uh, it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, like, my mentality during those two tours of Iraq was I'm, I'm writing a blank check to Uncle Sam payable up to my life, you know, and I, I was preparing myself mentally and I, and, and I knew that I'm not saying that God was merciful, but I literally had turned away from him so much that I, I, I kind of look back at it and I'm like, dude, God was really, he was really working some miracles throughout my time in the military because I have a greater purpose. I'm still here today. Of course, you know, I didn't die in Iraq. I wanted to die in Iraq. I, I was <clears throat> because my, my basic, I basically like, I, I felt so separated from the world when I was before the Marine Corps and how I was my upbringing that basically <clears throat> I, I didn't, I didn't feel like it would be much of a difference if I died over Iraq, you know, like the world wouldn't really miss me because the world didn't know me back then before sure. the Marine Corps, the, you know, and so I wanted to die in Iraq. I was, I was like that. Um, 
but God had bigger plans for me and he saved me and he helped guide me and he protected me throughout that time. And I would be up on post sometimes and I'd be reading like prayers. Like there was this warrior prayer book. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Have you ever seen it? No. Well, no. Okay. Who, who wrote it? Or is it just like um, a collection, like more of a. Yeah, it's, it's a really thin. It's, it's a, it's a collection of prayers. It's mainly made, made for um, people who are like going to war and stuff oh, like that. Oh no, I've not seen that. Okay. Yeah. So I would, I'd be up on post and I'd be reading these prayers and stuff like that. So my mentality was still focused on God, even though I was living a life of debauchery and, you know, sin. I, so he was keeping me on a leash, you know, even though I was wandering off and doing what I, was, what I wanted to do, he literally was <clears throat> um, keeping a watch on me. And I got out of the Marine Corps. And continued to live a life of debauchery. Um, so it kind of like, know. so it, it had started habits and then those habits just continued. It's not as if they were going to break the minute you get out of the Marine Corps, you had formed pretty strong habits. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And I, and I look back at it, hindsight's twenty twenty. you know, like Satan knew what I had done and he was doing everything in his power to try to get me deeper and deeper into that hole into that abyss he was trying to make my spirit as dark as night so that i would you know he would have an opportune time to like you know pull me away from my faith completely you know but you know like when, when you, this is one thing i because i we got done with youth ministry for saint paul's here in nampa and i told a lot of those kids i said when you get confirmed by the holy spirit you now have a seal upon your soul that no matter where you go in life no matter what you do whether it be good or bad the holy spirit and god will always be calling you back home they will always be with you and i and that's the same thing with me you know like i i i lived the life counter to my faith i didn't when i went to college when i was living in bend after the marine corps um in bend oregon i i i went to bars you know promiscuity like weed um i wasn't doing any like hard drugs just doing a bunch of weed because once you're out of the marine corps you're just like oh I, i'm free you know and i so i yeah I, I it's it's one of those things that you just you basically you you always feel a calling and a longing to come back to god and so basically i also want to hit on something too right at this moment <clears throat> leading up to this point after the Marine Corps from the day that I was baptized uh, as a Catholic. During this time, I, I felt like I was the prodigal son. The prodigal son story is like, to me, me as a, to the letter, you know? Um, during this time also, um, I, never, I never, never grew up with my faith ever contemplating about the Blessed Virgin Mary. Um, she was never a part of my life. I think it happened partly because of a lot of the Protestants that I met. You know, they had this idea um, about her, and it kind of rubbed off on me to be more focused on Jesus than on Mary. Sure. And, you know, I, so 
that stuck with me. And so I kind of like pushed her off to the side, you know, and I, this is the thing is too, because I look back at it and I know that why I pushed her away was because I had a mother wound, um, being adopted, abandoned by my mother. Um, and then the adoptive mother that I was given, she was always the very stern one. She was the, the disciplinary one. She would yell at me. Um, and so that mother that I was given as an adoptive mother, she never gave me the maternal love that I needed. And so I, I, have, I had a gaping mother wound that, that, that just festered for so many years and I just never healed it. Um, so yeah, there's that. Um, where, where can I go? So yeah, you got anything right now? No, no, no. I, well, I was going to say, so now you're mid twenties, you're out of the Marine Corps. Was there, that's what I was going to ask you. Was there a, you just mentioned Blessed Virgin Mary. Was that the next, um, I don't know. That, how do I say it? When did you go back to mass? Cause you said that you kind of pushed faith aside. And I was wondering when you started coming back to mass and I was wondering if what you just said connected to returning to mass, the Blessed Virgin Mary, because that's been part of many, many stories. Okay. So yeah, also with the Blessed Virgin Mary, I had a rosary, but I never, ever used it. I literally, like, I remember I had it in boot camp and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I just never picked it up and used it. And I think that was that was all the evil one, you know, trying yeah. to keep me away from that. Um, so my faith did not take off until I had lived for two years in Bend, Oregon, and then things happened in Bend. I, I couldn't live there anymore, so I called my parents up, um, and I was like, hey, I need a place to stay, and like they're like, yeah, you can come live with us. Um, but if you're going to, you're going to come live with us, you got to either one, go to college or two, work full time. And I said, okay. And so I moved from Bend to Boise, Idaho, and I lived with my parents for a while. And then I found my own place in an apartment. And because I was going through a lot of, because I had this hindsight 2020 looking back at my past and, and you know, God was putting all this like stuff on my heart about how much I had separated myself from him. Um, I, I sought out, I sought out, who was it? Was it a priest? Was it, I, I sought out someone. I, I don't remember who was it. I think it was a priest. I, I think it was. And I, I just started asking a bunch of questions and I was like, I want to come back to my faith. Like, what do I need to do? And I remember I, there, it was a Moxie Java, and I sat down with him, and we, we had to sit down, and we were having coffee, and I just started talking. And I think that was also where I met Travis Wingo, too, at that moment. And so th I'm being drawn back to my faith because I'm hindsight's 2020, and I'm seeing, like, man, am I, I'm just not, I'm not where I should be. You know, like, things aren't, I'm not happy. I'm not, I'm not, I just need to get back to God. Yeah. somehow and so i this 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 is you're trying to reflect upon this stuff it's been a while <laughs> um here 
so yeah so then i i started coming back to my faith and i started going to saint john's cathedral in boise and i think it took off i remember it took off very very profoundly for me when i was having a hard time going through all this stuff and i i went to a retreat at saint john's and during this retreat i think it was like two or a week it was a weekend retreat we sat down and a bunch of men and we're just talking about like all of our different struggles and stuff like that and i'm just kind of like you know i'm kind of like sitting like this you know like, oh, i don't really want to listen you know like and god's just working on me and then they said at the very end of this whole entire retreat we're going to have the priests put their hands on you and pray for the holy spirit to come upon you and before this happened i went to the adoration chapel because i my faith you know it's like we understand that you know that jesus is truly present in the eucharist and i and i sat there and i kneeled in front of the the, the blessed sacrament and i was a blank slate my mind i wasn't praying and i kid you not this is because hindsight's 2020 i connected the dots on this one experience so i was sitting there and i was just a blank slate wasn't praying i was just looking at the eucharist in the monstrance and I started sobbing like a child again, like just tears streaming down my, you know, like, and I, and I connected the dots that one time that I sat back at that back pew when I very first went to my very first mass and I just cried like a baby. And I was like, whoa, okay. Um, yeah, that just happened. And then the priest invited us all into the, the, the St. John's and he brought each one of us up to the front and he put his hands on us. And he, and I remember his father, Henry, um, he was, he, I think he was from like Colombia or Ecuador or something like that. So he was Spanish speaking and he just prayed over me in Spanish. And I remember, he, and they said this, they said this. So when they say things like, yeah, when we prayed over you, be careful, like don't lock out your knees. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you could fall over. So we're going to have someone behind you to catch you. You know, I was like, wow, okay, well, I'm, that's probably not going to happen to me, whatever. You know, and then when the priest put his hands on me, I, this is the weirdest thing. He starts praying to me over in Spanish, and he put his hands on me, and I felt like running warm water pouring down my head and coming upon me. And I felt my knees just started shaking, like, and I was just like, what is going on? And I didn't fall over, but there was someone there to catch me. And then after he got done praying, I just walked back to the pew and I sat down and I cried like a child again. I literally was just bawling. And they just came up to they're like rubbing my back and they're like, oh, it's okay. You know, like, I understand. Like, and I, and I, and I had a vision in my mind. I saw Christ crucified and I and I saw myself as a child before God on the, on the crucifix. And, and I was just like, that was the moment right there that my faith just started going in the right direction again, you know? And I, I basically, you know, like we're never, we're not, we're not perfect. You know, we try to book, to live our lives the way that Jesus said, you know, live your, be perfect as your father, your heavenly father is perfect. You know, yeah. we try, we try our hardest and we, we, we fall. 
And I think of faith as like a straight and narrow path, like in a dark, dark woods. Like you're like if you were late at night and you had a flashlight and you're walking through the woods and there's a little narrow path, that is faith. That's what I truly believe it is. And when you wander off into the woods, that's sin, you know? And we say, Christ be the light at my feet. There, after this experience with the Eucharist and the praying of the Holy Spirit, that like I just knew it was like, it's time. It's time for me to get back to my faith. And even after that moment, I, I would go to mass. I would go to confession. I would go to mass. I received Holy Communion. I started living my, my life. I wasn't reading the Bible as much as I, as I have been now in the past. Um, I wasn't praying the rosary. I was that, and you know, hindsight's 2020. That's going to be like the big, big, um, I guess like the way my life is, you know, I always look back in the past and I'm like, well, that's why it didn't work out. Yeah. I understood that I was the prodigal son still, even though I had this very deep, profound experience with the Eucharist and Jesus in the blessed sacrament. I still was the prodigal son. I was still like you know falling into my my vices that that i had suffered from years and years and years ago growing up as a child you know and all the party life you know that i experienced when i was in the marine corps and you know and yeah i yeah is there anything for you do you need for me yeah right now? i think that is so real man you have no idea how real that is um because a lot of us talk about the moment that we are like i'm whatever just happened god you are you are so real and i give my life to you but then walking that out walking that out and being able to share that you fell or that can you believe that you had such a dramatic moment even like you said with your girlfriend way back when then you have another dramatic moment there is still the element of fortitude and there's still the daily decision to detach and all these other things so the fact that you're bringing that up that's that's the human experience and god you know even salvation history he comes to your rescue a lot of us turn our back again <laughs> comes to your rescue like you said he the holy spirit continues to call you but i that's what i wanted to say that that is just um appreciated because like i said it's incredibly real and it's it's what happens with a lot of us we we say wow how could you love us so much oh by the way i think i'm going to turn again and go this other way but go ahead so you're in you're in your late 20s by now when this is starting to so after the Marine Corps, I, I got out of the Marine Corps when I was 24. I get that, so but you were saying that- 24, 25, 26 is okay. what I, we're pushing on. Okay, got it. Yeah. All right. So, so yeah, so yeah, like I said, I'm, the, I'm still the prodigal son, you know? I'm choosing, this is one of the things too that I've, I've realized with my faith. In the very beginning of my faith, it's not something that I truly grasped or yeah. understood so, about who God is and what he asks of us. And one of the big things that I never really truly grasped was asking for the Lord's will to be done, not mine. And 
looking back at it, I said, well, in my, my faith life, I was like, well, I'm going to still do what I want to do every now and then, you know? And so my, my, my being was still not in line with the Lord's will. Yeah. And I was still saying, well, yeah, I, I, I love you, Lord, but you know, what? I'm going to go do this. You know, I, I want to do this. I, 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 I'm going to, I'm weak, you know, like I can't, that, I can't. Yeah. That reminds me of you know? Augustine, you know, when he said, make me chaste, but not yet. It's this, it's the same idea. Um, or Actually, there was a, there was a lyric. Well, there was a lyric, uh, it was Allison Chains, you know, uh, Lane Staley says, I'll repent tomorrow. That's the same idea. You know, you always have the next, the next, the next, but go yeah. ahead. Yeah. No, actually, you said St. Augustine. St. Augustine is my patron saint. I was yeah. that. Is that right? <laughs> it, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> you know, and they, they, you know what they say too. They say that your saint, you don't choose your saint. Your saint chooses you. That's right. I heard that. So I, you know, St. Augustine, you know, like he he lived the life of debauchery, you know, and you know, he always was searching for God and the truth and stuff like that, and that's exactly like of me <laughs> you know like um okay so let's see here but you're in boise at this point right you had left bend you said you had attended the yeah. cathedral you went to the retreat yeah yes so i'll get so i'm getting back to my faith more and more and more and then i'm living in an apartment in boise and during this time this is like 20 2015, um, I meet this guy. Um, what is it? I don't remember his name. Well, he was an army veteran. He was an infantry in the army, and me and him became good friends because you know we're both veterans. And he seemed a little bit like his spirit was um, kind of like just like I not at, he didn't really care. I'm not trying to badmouth him or anything, but he. He lukewarm or he has no his he he wasn't this is where his 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 being wasn't it just something was off with his energy I'll put it that way got it okay so I'm living in this apartment he as a good friend because we've become good friends invites me to because he just got a home a VA home loan to live in his house for four hundred dollars a month instead of my rent which is five hundred. And I'm like, well, $100 off of rent, I'll take it. You know, I'm living in a house better than an apartment. Sure. So I immediately move in with this guy. And I didn't know this about him. But the times that I hung out with him and I was hanging out at his house before I moved in, I should have saw the telltale sign. And I should have seen it coming. Because I saw all these little stickers and like wall tapestry and stuff like that. He had like satanic symbols and pentagrams and stuff. And he, oh. he was big into death metal and stuff and was played guitar and like made music. And, and I was just like, that was where I should have been like, hmm. but I didn't. And so I moved in and him and this other guy who lived there turned out were both Satanists. Are you kidding? I didn't know this. Oh my no. goodness. They're both Satanists. And he kind of wanted his house to be like Martha Stewart, constantly, like nice, clean, pristine. Everything was like everywhere it should be. And he started, They both him and his roommate started like gunning for me about different things, like 
saying I was leaving dishes out. It was my fault. And I was like, what is going on? And it turns out because I was coming back to my faith, I was a, a God-fearing man. And I feel that because my spirit was becoming more holy and more aligned with God's will, yeah. that the deep, uh, you know, sometimes like spiritual warfare, people oh. don't believe in it. but it's oh. oh, it's real, man. Yep. Yeah. And so I think that the spirits, demons, whatever were around them, started irritating them. And he started gunning me for me. And then 10 days later, after I moved into this guy's house, he kicked me out because I was getting up for work one day and I was jumping in the shower and the alarms went off and I was in the shower and my alarms went off, woke him up. This guy is like, doesn't work. He gets like three grand a month from the, the government because he's a hundred percent disabled veteran. And he, he just like, he's like, I don't care, man, you're out, you're done. <laughs> You go live somewhere else. I'm like, dude, if you do this to me, you're making me a homeless veteran. Like, I have nowhere to go. He's like, I don't give a crap. Like, get the heck out. And I was like, but I have to go to work. I'm sorry my alarms went off. Like, you know, like, he just yeah. didn't. They were, they were gunning for me. Anyway, how are we doing on time? We're doing great. Yeah. About okay. that's right. 15. There's a lot more of the story. But yeah, I yeah, yeah. That, about, but, about 15 minutes. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I searched gunning for me. The, and I, basically 10 days later, I get kicked out and I call my mom, my dad. I'm like, this just happened. He's kicking me out. Like, I have no place to stay. Can I come live with you guys? And they're like, yeah. And so I move in with my parents. But because, yeah, I have this, I have this, like I said in the past, like my adopted mother, she was a mother, but not the mother that I needed. She never was the mother. So because of my past with my, my adopted mother, I, she, she couldn't have me living in the house. So they kicked me out of the house and they put me in their RV in their driveway. Okay. So I'm basically on the line of being a, ver uh, a homeless veteran. I'm literally like, I'm living in an RV in my parents' driveway. And I lived there for about two years during this time because I'm going through this hardship and everything, I keep on, you know, smoking weed and doing drugs and all right, weed, not drugs, but yeah, it is drugs. But Alcohol anyway. as well. Are you drinking at that time too? No, no. I was, I see because my, my alcoholism, my, my, my tussle with alcoholism is because my birth mother was an alcoholic. It really, impacts me more because i don't want to go down the same road that my mother went down got it yeah and some so people will go I, the same route and others will just say whoa whoa i experienced uh the effects of that yeah. so yeah so i just basically just i pulled away from that like hardcore you know i was like i don't want that it's not it's not for me i've been down that road not a good road anyway so yeah I'm living in this RV outside in my parents' driveway for two years. And I'm, you know, because I'm, my life has gone down. I'm, you know, I, I try to alleviate some of the stress any way I can. Yeah. And I do that with my faith, but without my faith. And, and then my parents come up to me one day and they're like, Hey, we need you to like move out of the RV. Like you can't, can't be living there. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I'm an adult. I think I was about, I remember anyway 20 2018 28 2017 
yeah, 2018, 2019. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, yeah, I'll find a place. And now this place that I'm living in now, I find an ad, uh, use my VA home loan and I move into here and I start picking up myself by my bootstraps and carrying on, you know, making a better life for myself all while keeping with the Lord and, you know, and trying to like follow him more. Um, so then during this time also, I'm working as a steel constructor. Um, I've been, I've, I wreck steel buildings, you know, I found this type of employment. I really enjoyed it. It's like putting together a giant erector set, you know, like when you're a kid, you know, those little bolts and little, Yep. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, oh yeah, my yeah. my older brother. That's that's what he did for years. So yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's like you get this like you're like, oh I built that. It's well look at it. You know, it's like it's all nuts and bolts and screws, you know, it's, it's really simple and fun and you know, you enjoy it. And I was working one day and this is what happened. So prior to this, I was beginning to I had a, a conversation with myself in my home like this. And I was like looking back and I was like, why am I the prodigal son? Why do I keep on getting on the horse? Why do I keep on falling off the horse, getting back on, falling off, getting on, falling off? Like every single time I, I go to confession, I go to Eucharist, I go to adoration and like, like, why, why what is it? Why do I, why do I, why is this happening to me? Like, and I was like, I've never, I'm, I've never really ever thought about praying to Mary or asking for her intercession and I was like I've never prayed the rosary and it just dawned on me and I picked up my that old rosary that I had from many many years ago that I put in, put away and I just never touched and I was like you know I'm gonna start praying my rosary I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna give this a shot you know like and I picked up my rosary started praying all the mysteries and stuff and my faith life just like a rocket um and i was profoundly taken back by this and i understood that she is i know you it's when you start praying the rosary it's you come to understand she helps you understand who her son is on a better level you know you, we yeah. may all think that we all understand it you know like we're like oh yeah i get it but then she gives us through her eyes and her experiences of the salvation story and helps you come closer to her son. And that's what exactly happened. And I was profoundly taken back by this. And I was like, I had this, this rosary that I had, I don't have it anymore. I gave it to my aunt Darlene as a gift for her. She's a, she's the, the fundamentalist non Bible Christian that my parents yeah. never really Anyway, <clears throat> I gave her my old rosary and I was like, I want a better rosary. I want a rosary that's like, because the rosary that I had was like very flimsy and I felt like I could break it easily. You know, like, I don't want a rosary like that. I want a rosary that's manly, you know? And so I went online and I went to ruggedrosaries.com and I was like, and I was scrolling through there and I found this, these, these amazing rosaries called the World War One Battle Beads. Have you ever heard of them? Absolutely. That was my, so when I returned, yeah. I went to Rugged Rosaries and got my first rosary, or since childhood, basically, but go ahead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Love it. So I saw this rosary and I was like, sold, give me, take my money. <laughs> so I, I bought it and I started praying it. 
And I, I truly believe that one of the things that, like, they, like I said, you know, like you don't choose your patron saint, your patron saint chooses you. I truly believe that you don't, the rosary that you choose has to have a calling to you. Like, that you are meant to pray with that rosary. That rosary is supposed to bring you closer to God. And in choosing a rosary that you personally like, it's basically the Blessed Virgin Mary is guiding you to that rosary to help you come closer to her son, you know? I, I mean, this isn't theology, but like, it's it's what I believe, you know? Beautiful. Like, I truly no. believe that. Yeah, I totally agree. Especially mm -hmm. if you're open to it and you're just trying to be led, you know? Trying to be led by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I've been working at the steel construction and I'm praying my rosary. I pray my rosary every night and I was getting, as I'm getting closer to the Lord, I'm starting to go to adoration more, starting to read the Bible. I'm, I'm just falling in love with the Blessed Virgin Mary. Um, and this is, I'm starting to learn about like miracles that have happened through the rosary, um, conversion stories, yeah. um, the history of the rosary, um, because you cannot pick up the rosary and not learn these things, you know, like <laughs> if you are, if you're not learning anything, you're obviously choosing not to, you're just like, uh, eh, it doesn't really matter. Yep. So as I'm picking up my rosary and I'm praying it, I'm growing, I'm just falling in love with the Lord. And I'm, 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 my, I'm finding that there's a, there's a saying that goes when, when you pray the rosary, sin decreases, virtue increases is what they say, you know, and this is happening and I'm starting to overcome my addictions and my vices. Um, I'm giving up like, weed i'm giving up pornography i'm trying to be chased i'm i'm looking at women differently i'm like it's just it's all coming to me and i'm like i am i'm like connecting the dots like it is the rosary it is the the graces that the the, the blessed virgin mary is helping me overcome my vices you know and i'm working one day and where we had just finished building RNL carriers. Uh, so if you are headed out of Boise towards like Twin Falls, Mount Home, yeah. the, the last couple buildings on the, on the freeway, we just, it's like a, a giant um, building that they pull semis in and load them and everything. Got it. We just finished that building and we're like, hey, we're gonna go build this roof. We're gonna build the roof for this, this building on Eagle and Pine. And we get there and I, <clears throat> I'm still praying the rosary every night and I get there to that job site and I, and I look up at the, the roof and I'm like, I've never done a roof like this. Like, and I'm in my, my being, I was like, I don't, this is, I don't have a good feeling about this job. Like something's not right. And we were up there for maybe like a week, week and a half. And that day we woke, we went to work and it was about seven, eight AM in the morning. And so we have to go up there. And so when you bring all the, the equipment up in the little uh snorkel lift, you unload all your equipment. And so it was me and one other guy. 
and this is where my story like profoundly changes for the worse and for the better. I, we went up there and it was just me and one other guy and I had my harness on and my yo-yo, which is this like a retractable uh, wire that you hook up to a hard point on the roof so you don't fall and you, you know, catch yourself. And I walked through, so you build, there's a stack of panels and you, you undo the, the stack of panels and you, and you build out. And then once that stack of panels is done, there's a gap and you have to fill in that gap where the stack of panels used to be. And this um, roof was probably like 35 feet, well, actually it was 35 feet, 35 feet off of the ground we were building. And <clears throat> I went up there <clears throat> and I watched my coworker unload all the equipment. And I was like, it'd be selfish of me just to stand here, hook myself up and watch him unload all the equipment. So I was like, well, I'm gonna go back over there. I'm gonna help him unload all the equipment. And so I hadn't hooked myself up to a hard point and I was just, and I was walking. And so when I moved across that gap, I had stepped on the stack of panels and nothing happened. And the second time when I moved across the gap, there was a stack of panels. So you have your rafters that run like this and the stack of panels, the edge of them is on those rafters. And so these stack of panels that I stepped on were kicked out a little bit. And I, when I stepped on them, I stepped on them and just went like that. And I didn't have any time to think. And so I, so this is one other thing too, is like the rosary, one of the things I learned about is like, you don't just pray the rosary, you keep the rosary on you. And when you, when you keep your rosary on you, you're more apt to pray it. And so I was learning these little things. So I was like, well, I'm gonna carry my rosary on my all the time. And I was like, yeah. so that's what I started doing. And when I stepped on these panels, I had my rosary in my pocket and I fell 35 feet to concrete below, and I truly believe that it was the rosary that saved me, um, because I heard stories about, like, Father Don Calloway. He told yeah. about how there was that, that girl who went off to college, yep. and she, you know, was spared by Ted Bundy, like, because the Blessed Virgin Mary was in that room while that girl was sleeping with a rosary in her hands, and the Blessed Virgin Mary, she is the queen of angels. And what are demons? They're fallen angels. And when they come into the room and the Blessed Virgin Mary's there, well, like, like, nope, nope, we're out, you know. And that's what happened with that that story with Ted Bundy. You know, they she she has power and she intercedes for us on a on a very very um, powerful level that we just don't understand. And <clears throat> so, how did you land? <laughs> that's what I'm curious about. Okay, so I. So when I fell, I didn't have time to think. 35 feet, they, I was, when I later I took this thing, a uh, test about trying to find my job, but uh, go back to my same type of work. Um, so when I fell, uh, teeter-totter underneath, I, I plummeted. I was looking up at my hands and my feet above my head, and I was looking at the bottom of the roof. And I hit and I landed right on my pelvis. So like the, the, where your sacrum is, like your, your tailbone. Yeah, that's exactly where I landed on my, 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 my primarily hit with my hips and I crumpled. I was, uh, my coworker said that he saw me fall and he watched me hit the ground. He said I crumpled and I was just like, he thought I was dead. He saw my eyes roll into the back of my skull 
and I didn't know this, but when I hit the ground, I thought I was immediately awake. And I thought that I was like, uh, uh, like I hit the ground and I was awake. Well, that was far from the truth. I didn't know this, but he said I was like out for like five minutes total. I wasn't moving. I wasn't, I wasn't saying anything. I was just laying there for five minutes. And the, the, the stack of panels were like three feet wide by seven, eight, nine feet long. And it was like ribbed um, uh, panels and it's like sheet metal. Sheet metal is like thin. So I look back at this and it's like, there's so many different ways that it could have gone wrong. Those panels were flying guillotines at that moment. They came down with me and they landed on top of me. Uh, they could have cut me in half. They could have cut off my arm. They could have sliced me open. Um, I had a hard hat on. I could have, I could have been like a traumatic brain injury. I could be a vegetable, you know, like I could have landed on my neck. I could be a quadriplegic. I could, I could have landed right on my feet, you know, and like crushed all, broke all my, my bones and my legs and then compressed my spine. Like there's so many different ways that could have happened. Unbelievable. But, but it didn't, it didn't, I'm not, I, I, and I had my rosary in my pocket and I, (laughs) I've mulled this over and it's been a little over a year now of, of why, why I'm here still to this day, you know? So when we met you, I think, oh my goodness, maybe you had started Exodus 90 and then this happened. I forget how this all came together or maybe that was before, I don't know. But then at one point we went and prayed the rosary in front of the Capitol um and you were in a wheelchair at that point i'm realizing Ah, okay yes it's it's kind of it's some of these details like little things that i I forget you know yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. um but that's the thing is too is like i owe it all to the blessed virgin mary because i truly know in my heart that, that she ran to her son and was like your will for his life right now and that's what she t- i i heard i know that that's what she said to her son she had because she understands that i was trying my hardest more than anything to come to know who her son is and she was helping me on that journey follow the straight and narrow path and she was seeing how 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 much I wanted that. And I truly believe that, that, that she, I was saved for a purpose and I'm still trying to find this purpose. Like my, that's after my accident, my whole entire prayer life has now shifted from, like I said in the past, like I was living my will, but now whenever I pray, I always say, Lord, please let your will be done. Let your will be known that I may follow it, that I may know it, that I may acknowledge it and trust in it you know like yeah and yeah i'm sure you love know. reflecting on the wedding at cana based on what you just said my goodness you know do whatever oh, yeah. do whatever he says yes yeah yes. so i after this accident i i have come back to my faith more than ever you know like i, I i'm still sinful you know and i have my my tendencies but it's, it's, it's understanding when you look back at something like that and you say, May 25th, 2021 should be written on my tombstone. I should be six feet under right now. That, that, there's no other way to put it. Like, And when you have experienced something like this, 
you you have to give yourself to God because it was God who saved you. Absolutely. You know? oh my goodness, man. I had no idea oh. that's how it went down. I think I remember someone saying Jesse fell. <laughs> Big difference between Jesse fell and what you just said, but you were going to say something? Go ahead. Oh, so while I was in the hospital, this is where I came upon this image of Our Lady of, of the End Times. Yeah. Um, prior to my accident, praying the rosary, I'm falling in love with the Blessed Virgin Mary. Um, I have like tons of photos on my phone of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and I just constantly be looking at these images and like of her and, you know, and understanding the rosary and like laying in my hospital bed. I was scrolling through Facebook one day and I came across this image right here. And I was just like, what is this image? Like, it, because one of the things too is St. Bernadette of Subaru, um, who was at Lourdes, that had the visions of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Yeah. St. Bernadette was asked one time, she said, they asked her, was she beautiful? And she said, oh yes, so beautiful. More beautiful than you can ever imagine. That if you, that if you, you would willingly die just to see her again. That's how beautiful the Blessed Virgin Mary is. And whenever I find image or artwork or statues or figurines, I always try to find images and of the Blessed Virgin Mary that are beautiful images of her. Yeah. Because I feel that when you come across images that are cartoonish of the Blessed Virgin Mary, it does her no credit, you know, because <laughs> people say like when God created the Blessed Virgin Mary, it's like, wouldn't you make your mother beautiful? <laughs> like, of course you would. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, so this image, I literally like, I found it, and it, it's it's, no, it's great. done by a um, a guy, a man named Celestial Ed, Emmanuel Edward Celestial. He's in the Philippines, and I've actually spoken to him online. Um, and it's he, it's it's truly it has Our Lady of uh, Our Lady of Grace, Our Lady of Lords. Our Lady of Mount Carmel, Our Lady of the Rosary, the Immaculate Heart of Mary. It, it, wow. It's, it's our, the Lady from Revelation. It's all in that image right there. Like that image has everything from it, you know? Um, our Lady of Grace, Guad because she's. Our Lady of Guadalupe, obviously. Yeah. Our Lady. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's, so it's all there, you know? And one of the things that I've noticed about that image is that it's very. Her eyes, her eyes, when you, when she looks at you, sometimes when I've looked at that image and if I'm in sin, it's eyes of, why are you doing this? Please just, you know, like do what's necessary. It looks like she's sad. And then other times if I'm in a good state of grace, you know, she's like, I love you, you know, like, and I, and I want you to know who my son is better, you know, like, please, you know. Wow. So, yeah. Wow, Jesse. Thanks, man. That's what a what a ride! What a ride! Again, I'm gonna uh, uh, mention that what you said earlier is so real that these experiences are um, 
not less powerful because you struggled throughout this whole thing. It is the story of love. It is the story of, man, you are here for a very, very specific reason. And I appreciate the courage it takes to talk about it. And what a testimony. Really appreciate it. And I didn't mention this. Thank you for your service, man. Thank you. Oh, that's that's for your, thank you for your support. What was that? I said thank you for your support. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My my pleasure. Everyone, um, please share this. Like I mentioned, please comment, uh, please like, etc. Until next time, take care and God bless. Bye.